Greetings and welcome to the African Spirit Reintegrated and Reimagined. I am Asani Brogan, owner of Asani Coaching Services. And in this episode, I am going to discuss the hierarchy of African spirits. So I chose to do this topic because there's a lot of confusion around what spirits are honored or worshiped in some cases within African traditional religions or ATR. So I want to put some clarity from my perspective. Granted, I do not know it all. I am coming from the context of what I've studied, what I've been able to interact with as a practitioner of two different African spiritual systems, and the overall global knowledge that is available on these particular systems. I wanted to clarify this just because there is just so much confusion about what African spiritualists believe in, right? So we get the gamut of different things from, you know, worshiping the devil and dealing with witchcraft, etc., etc., which could be furthest from the truth. In all honesty, many of the spiritual systems that we observe in the Western world, Christianity, Islam, etc., were derived from African-based practices. So there's a misconception that African spiritual practitioners are polytheistic in their worship of, you know, the ultimate deity or what have you. But that's the opposite of what is actually true. If you really compare the two, African spiritual systems actually look a lot like Christianity. It's just that we've been told and fed a lot of different things. And most people come to the context of ATR from a space of absolute ignorance. And I don't mean that in a negative way, because I likewise came to it from a space of ignorance, basically just going by the things that I have been told prior to me embracing the two African spiritual systems that I currently work with. So what actually goes on throughout the continent and throughout the diaspora is that there is one sovereign being who most people in Western religions know to be God. That's what they call that particular force or in energy. You can refer to it as higher source, the creator, etc., etc., pretty much by so many different names or nomenclatures. But African spiritualists absolutely believe that there is one higher power or creator that made all other beings and spirits and so forth in the earth. Of course, that particular energy goes by different names depending on the system because the system will be based in a particular culture that speaks a specific language. So the name will be different. There's not one name for an African God because at the end of the day, there's not really a such thing as a united African continent because that's what Africa is, is a continent full of 54 different countries with so many probably innumerable um, tribes, dialects, cultures, and different people groups that make up what we call Africa. So it's not just you know one God and one system. There are multiple systems that are foundationally the same, right? And that even goes for most 
traditional religions throughout the world or traditional spiritual practices throughout the world when it comes to dealing with indigenous people groups. So that's where we start. Most African spiritual practices are monotheistic if we go by the definition of monotheism. All right. If you actually go by the definition of monotheism, Christianity would not be considered a monotheistic religion if you adhere to the Trinity doctrine because it's actually teaching that there's three gods in one. Whereas most African spiritual systems do not teach that concept. They teach the concept of a creator or a creative force. And it's actually genderless. So it's not what we come to think of in today's world as being um, a male or a masculine energy. In some contexts, you will actually see this energy being a combination of both feminine and masculine energy. Only recently do we see people referring to this creative force by a gender or specifying it as a male, he, so forth and so on. Traditionally, this energy has been looked at as a neutral force that embodies both masculine and feminine energy because it created all. So obviously, it would have to have aspects of all when it comes to gender, okay? Um, that's foundationally, again, with all systems, there is absolutely a belief in a creative force, a sovereign force, into which, unto which all other deity spirits and energies come from and submit to, all right? Right under that particular energy comes what we refer to as the higher self in Western society. So that's your subconscious, that part of you that is basically the divine essence or the divine ashe, as we say in the Yoruba tradition, of that universal creative force. Right, and so if you again, if you are familiar with the Yoruba tradition, that force is actually called your ori. Your ori is your higher self. Again, different names for different systems, but that is the deity that we work with primarily. That's the deity that you come to first for everything else because that's your direct line to the creative force. Okay. Um, now, there are a number of other energies that kind of fall in line after that. This is what most people have come to know as the Orisha. Again, if they practice within diasporic traditions that use that particular term derived from, again, the Yoruba tradition. Those are the common terms. So this is one of the reasons why I use a lot of the Yoruba terminology. For one, I practice Ifa, obviously, but also because it is very common to see the nomenclature or the naming systems of the Yoruba traditions throughout the diaspora, at least in the West, in the Caribbean islands, in um, South America, etc., etc. The basic exceptions to that would be from the Haitian Voodoo Pantheon and also the Louisiana Pantheon right here in America, because those systems are much more consistent with the tradition directly out of Benin. But regardless of the tradition that you're referring to, there are universal energies that may be referred to by different names 
that come into play. These universal energies impact everyone. They're not specific to a tribe. They're not specific to a tradition or a specific people group, etc., etc. These energies impact everybody on a day-to-day basis. So in Western astrology, they're basically what we would refer to as planets. Um, These particular energies move, they transition, they help us out in different ways. They can motivate and inspire us to keep going or to start going. They can help us in our love life. They can help us to get courage and have that warrior-like energy anytime we need it. They can likewise um, help us out with communication, bring gifts or bear things that just help us to move forward in our day-to-day existence. Again, these particular forces are for everyone and they uh, impact everyone at different levels, differing degrees, depending on that person's destiny and kind of where they are in life, where they were born. They are absolutely impacted by when we were born, etc., etc., because it said that we are actually from the stardust so we come from the heavenlies we come from one of those zodiacs or constellations that we refer to it in the western astrology system which is again basically the same thing in the um african traditions traditional systems just depends on what context you're coming from right then we also have natural forces that are all around us the wind the rain the the air fire elements etc etc that again those energies impact everyone we all need each of these energies to live our day-to-day life no one can escape it these energies do not just serve any particular racial or ethnic group tribe culture society etc they serve us all the sun the moon the rain the air the wind plants, trees, you know, rocks, all of those elements are here for each and every individual. It's basically how you choose to interact with these energies in relation to what you can expect to achieve or receive from these energies when it comes to serving them or feeding them, which is a whole nother topic in and of itself. And then you also have what we call deified ancestors. Now, we all have our own ancestors from our direct lineage, and I'm not referring to those particular energies here. So deified ancestors will be those forces which, you know, they left an impact on society from a global perspective. And so now those particular energies are revered or venerated and um, called upon in a time of need. Very similar to saints in the Catholic faith, where these are individuals who actually lived upon the earth and they made such an impact that when they transitioned, people still call upon them, they still remember them, they keep those energies alive through you know talking about them, things like that. Now in African traditions, there may be certain deified ancestors that again have a global spread and impact where they are talked about no matter where and then there are some that are more more local they are still considered to be deified ancestors but they may only impact a specific region or an area 
but again their span and their scope is beyond just their direct lineage the energy shango will be an example of this that's that spirit that's related to justice and equilibrium depends on the tradition some other attributes may be assigned to this particular energy is a fire spirit and um this particular energy is said to have been a deified ancestor he learned a lot about justice and equality when he walked the earth and when he transitioned he was able to teach those that were left behind great lessons about you know justice and things like that because of the lessons that he learned while he walked the earth so a lot of people venerate this particular energy and they call upon this particular energy when they need justice and they they want their their situation to go in their favor you know maybe somebody has done something wrong to them etc etc so that's just one example there are plenty more even you can look at this from the context of some of our modern day icons and heroes who have passed along. Someone like Bob Marley, for instance. Bob Marley is venerated all over the world. And in a sense, he's actually worshiped, you know, from, from the perspective of people looking at him and getting that energy, that rebellious energy, especially from, you know, Baba Bob Marley. And he is, a form of a deified ancestor that many people still talk about to this very day he had a major impact a global impact and even with that being said he's not just venerated um by people of color or people of jamaican ancestry or even german ancestry or lineage for that matter because his father was actually a german man um instead he is venerated globally you have people from india from indonesia from china thailand etc etc who know who bob marley is who listen to his music and they find power and energy from that that is absolutely a form of a deified ancestor another example would still be along that you know rastafarian tip is Haley Selassie. same thing there he is venerated as a god by rastafarians he has been deified in that way and he absolutely serves as a you know venerated spirit or a deified ancestor regardless of what other people groups may think about him and he likewise has a global impact and span he's venerated um in jamaica where the rastafarian movement is said to have started but he's likewise venerated on the african continent in many places not just ethiopia where he hails from right now we have a huge rastafarian movement in different parts of east africa particularly kenya and uganda and those types of areas that are really close to ethiopia and um people are just gravitating to that day they want to come back to nature and they see Haley Selassie and some of the other venerated leaders in the Rastafarian movement as energies whom they celebrate and they call upon and I am sure that the spirits of the ancestors who have transitioned 
are empowering these individuals to some level. And they're not venerated in the same way that we do in African spirituality as far as giving offerings and things like that, for the most part. Like, it may be some people who actually do this. I don't know. But in general, we don't see it on that level. But it's very much so the same concept, which is why I took the time to even explain that. So we do have that dynamic present in African spiritual system. It doesn't have to be someone from your direct lineage. Let's pause right here for a quick break. Another spiritual force that we work with in African spiritual systems is what we call astral mates. You may have heard this terminology referred to as Agve Arun in the Yoruba tradition. So these are the, the mates, our friends, our companions, if you will, um, who we were with prior to us coming down to this earth. Those particular energies are responsible for helping us to achieve our destiny, making sure that we do not return back to a room that's having a shame of not fulfilling our destiny. They are basically doing the same things that we are doing while we are on earth. They sort of act in the function of a doppelganger, if you will, where it's like these energies who are doing the exact same things that we do they may even look like us i'm not sure about that and they are ensuring that we do what we're supposed to do that is when we are properly connected to them now the sad part about it is is that this knowledge was lost when we transitioned to the america so many of us who practice throughout the diaspora who, when I say practice, I mean practice the systems that were basically derived in America. So the hoodoo and the Gullah Geechee practices and the Haitian voodoo, these offshoots of the traditions that were practiced in Africa, that information is lost. So you don't really hear our astral mates talked about in the same way throughout the diaspora as they are talked about on the continent. And they're talked about in many different systems. You will find this concept being discussed throughout the African continent. It's just that the Yoruba system has really brought this knowledge forward in a whole different way. Again, because many people, you know, especially from America, have gravitated to the West African traditions. And the Yoruba tradition is still very much so organized. It's an ancient tradition that has stood the test of time. It wasn't destroyed through colonization efforts in the same way as some of the other traditions on the continent. And then um, another reason is because we have that direct link to the system through the English language because Nigeria was colonized by the British. So they likewise speak English and that's a huge connector for us versus some of the other West African nations that don't speak English as their official or primary language. Instead, they may speak languages like French, like in Benin. Yes, absolutely. Some people from those countries speak English, but they're more used to the French dialect than they are to the English dialect. So it was just easier, especially before modern day times where we have access to 
you know, translation systems and different mechanisms and means to really communicate with people on a broader, more global level. But going back to the concept of our astral mates, these particular energies are very, very important to our path in ensuring that we achieve success in life. They're important in love relationships and business relationships social connections etc etc a lot of people have problems with their friendships with money with business endeavors with um just so many different aspects of life that our egg bay or room govern right so they can create some major challenges in certain parts of our life even health they can create those challenges to basically wake us up to the reality that we've neglected them or we've forgotten them and we need to connect back to those energies because once we do oftentimes we find a lot of those situations in our lives kind of leveling out like okay we can move forward in a particular area in our lives once our egg bay or rune or our astral mates are properly appeased and we're acknowledging them and we're walking with their power and their energy on a day-to-day level. Another tier in the spiritual hierarchy are our spirit guides. Now in the West, this terminology is commonly used to refer to those energies that are really personal to us and walk with us on a regular basis. They can change from time to time, but in general, our spirit spirit guides are, you know, like our guardian angels. Those energies that are with us and keep us in various areas and they operate on a much lower level. So these aren't the universal energies are the heavenly makes that are kind of far from us instead these are energies that surround us and move with us on the lower earthly level they reside in the lower heavenly so they're not actually on the earth when i say that what i mean is that they are at a lower level and they can access us much quicker than some of the other energies because the other energies operate on a higher level and then finally we have the ancestral spirits those are the ones that you hear about most often when you come to african spiritual system our ancestors these are the energies from our direct bloodline some of them you knew many of them you don't know because a lot of them are actually ancient energies but your ancestors are the energies that you absolutely came from you were born into a lineage a bloodline for a specific reason to achieve a specific purpose and when i say your direct lineage i am referring to you know your mom your dad their mothers and their dads their mothers and their dads so forth and so on so we're talking about moms dads grandparents great-grandparents great-great-great-grandparents great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great and on and on grandparents i am not referring to aunts and uncles and cousins and so forth and so on that doesn't mean that you can't venerate your relatives because you absolutely can especially if they held a special place in your life but that is not necessarily your responsibility to honor all of your relatives because if it were you would have a huge job 
right? And that's for the average person. So there are some people who walk the earth who are responsible for venerating their entire family line because they're responsible for bringing everybody back. But in general, this is not the case, right? And when I say somebody responsible at that level, this is gonna be more so like a priest or a priestess type of energy that you're working with. And even then, as I said before, you are still responsible more so for your direct lineage than you will be for other energies because what I find is a lot of people come to the practice and they want to include everybody on their ancestor altar, which is not wrong. It is not bad, but do understand what you're inviting in. You're making a spiritual connection here. And so you do want to be careful not to kind of step on somebody else's toes, if you will, because it may be, you know, they have family that they absolutely have family at the end of the day that needs to be venerated and whether their family chooses to do this or not but that is not your job right it is not incumbent upon you to take care of your entire bloodline because it's just way too much you have the responsibility of caring for those who basically care for you and nurtured you and ensure that you made it into this existence, whether you ever met them or not in this lifetime. But that is your you know, responsibility and that's everybody's responsibility, um, regardless of whether you practice within an ATR or not. That is part of our responsibilities and many of our ancestors have been neglected, which is one of the reasons why we see so much trauma and hardships, challenges and problems among our people today because we have left our traditions and a lot of people don't understand how important it is for them to venerate their ancestors and uplift their bloodline that they may be uplifted in their earthly sojourn as they walk this particular planet at this particular space and time, right? So that's just a breakdown of each of the energies. I do plan to do additional episodes where I expound upon the different energies and talk about different aspects of them. So the other episodes won't necessarily be definitions, but more so about different components of these spirits and how to connect with them, how to interact with them, etc. So I'm going to stop here and just kind of let this information resonate with you. I hope it's been helpful. I hope you learn a little bit from this topic. So definitely stay tuned for future topics that will expound upon each of these particular energies in more detail. Ashe guys and have a beautiful and blessed day and beyond.